We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. Welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori D. Simone. I'm your host, Tori D. Simone. Oh man, I'm so excited to be podcasting today. I am chatty, which is always good when entering a podcast session, but I'm also very inspired. I woke up this morning with um, kind of like a lot on my mind and to be very vulnerable with you guys, I feel like I'm in this phase of my life where I kind of just don't know the direction that I'm heading with my life. Like I feel like my, I don't know how to put this because I feel like a lot of people won't understand because you guys see like what I put out online. So what I'm going to say probably sounds like confusing to most, but I feel like in terms of my career, I'm in the midst of really figuring it out. But this phase of stage of figuring it out is like a big fat question mark. And the reason why I feel like that's consuming to what you confusing to what you guys see online is because you guys see the planners, you see the podcast, you see YouTube, you see Stride, like you see all these four pillars of my career which currently make up my full career. And while I love everything that I do, I still feel like I haven't found it yet. And I feel like I keep getting closer with every venture that I venture into. Um, But I just woke up with this like on my mind today and I'm vlogging today. So I kind of talked about it a little bit in the vlog, which I posted yesterday, actually, if you guys want to watch that new video, it's on my YouTube channel. And this episode of the podcast is also on my podcast YouTube channel, which is Manifest with Tori DeSimone YouTube. But I spent the majority of this morning that I'm recording this journaling a lot about this thought and then I went for a run this morning and I was able to get a lot of clarity while on that run as well. So I feel like I'm on the path of figuring it out and I feel like, like I said earlier with every venture, I'm getting closer and closer to where I feel very whole and very complete And it's not that I feel incomplete because I feel very fulfilled in every avenue that I'm currently in with my career, but I still just feel like I have not quite yet untapped like my full potential in a career path. And being 24 years old, I feel like it's very normal to feel this way, but because of kind of where I'm already at in my career, I feel like I should have it figured out by now, even though it's totally normal to not have it figured out by now. 
So anyway, I just, all that is to say that I really just feel um, chatty today because of this, retrospective today because of this, and I always revert back to practices of wellness when I have moments of doubt or seasons of big fat question marks because that's like the only way that I can like describe it is like a question mark. Um, But anyway, I'm very excited to talk about today's topic, which is 10 wellness practices that have changed my life. Um, I essentially went on a retreat this past weekend and we did so many things that just completely ignited my soul and like lit me up on the inside and just made me feel so fulfilled. And I think that is when I kind of realized like this is how I always want to be feeling when it comes to work and what I spend the majority of my time doing. And that's kind of, I feel like where this big like light bulb has gone off simultaneously next to a question mark. Um, And again, I just want to like reiterate that I love everything I do and I feel fulfilled in it. And I feel like I'm almost there to like discovering what it is that I want to do in my career and be like, this is what I do. Because now if someone is like, oh, what do you do for work? I have like a million answers. I'm like, oh, I do a bunch of different things. I have a podcast. I have a planner company. I own fitness studios. But they all have a common theme. And that common theme to everything that I do is wellness. So I I feel like I'm like really close to untapping it. It's a cool journey. Anyway, <laughs> um, a lot of what we talked about this past weekend like lit a fire within me and I was so interested in. I could have talked about it for months and months and months and months and never returned back from the retreat. It would have been like totally happy. Um, but a lot of what we were talking about was reigniting things that I knew I loved, but I forgot how much I loved it until we started talking about it and especially talking about it with like-minded people. Like whenever I talk about these wellness practices that I'll get into in a couple of minutes with someone like my boyfriend who really does not, like he's really not all about this sort of stuff. He just is like, yeah, cool. And then like we just carry on to another conversation. But when you are surrounded by people that also think the same way you do and are interested in those things, it just makes that conversation so much more fiery and passionate and it's really cool to talk about. I feel like I'm still really coming off of high of this retreat and I seem to be like unfolding practices in my daily life of what I learned this past weekend, but also realizing that a lot of practices that I do in my daily life, we discussed on the retreat that I do without even thinking about. And that's kind of what sparked this episode. So um, first of all, I want to talk about the retreat a little bit. And if you guys are curious about going on retreats, I can just talk briefly about what we did on the retreat that I went on. Um, and then, you know, if you have further questions, I can probably answer them, especially in the comments of this YouTube video. Um, but yeah, so this was my first retreat. My friend Jen was leading it. She is a yoga instructor. She's like a million things. She's a yoga instructor. She's a Reiki master. She is just like a wealth of knowledge and information and she's a really, really cool individual. So she led this retreat. She has led many retreats in the past. Um, and she's leading many more to come this year. And I want to go on more with her. Um, like she's going to Portugal in April, which is really cool. I wish I could go. Um, and she like wants to go to other places around the world, but this one was a local retreat. It was a weekend retreat up in the Poconos, which is, um, they're like mountains in Pennsylvania. And yeah, so we went up to the Poconos for this retreat and it was really, really awesome. I will leave Jen's Instagram down below in the description box. If you guys are looking for a retreat to go on and you just kind of don't know where to start, um, Jen has tons of retreats. So I'll leave her Instagram down below. And no matter where you live in like the country, you can go on a retreat with Jen. Um, Okay. So Friday we all arrived and we met up with one another. Now, most of the women that went all knew each other. I knew there were, let's see, six of us. I knew four out of the six, including myself. So three, I knew three out of the six of us. Um, and I met the other two and they were lovely. We made pizzas, which was like so fun. And 
delicious. And then we did a yin yoga practice followed by a guided meditation to get us like really sleepy for bed. Um, as I mentioned, being in the Pocono mountains, I don't know, like the elevation is not crazy. Like it's really not like Pennsylvania is pretty flat. Like there's hills and like we say mountains, like kind of sparingly, like they're not really mountains. Um, but I don't know if like it was up in the elevation or something, but like anytime I was in like child's pose or down dog, like anything where I was slightly inverted, my, the pressure in my head was like beyond, like I felt like my head was like a pimple that was just going to pop. Like it was crazy. So when we were doing our yin yoga practice Friday night and we were in child's pose, I was like, my God, like maybe it's just cause I'm more like wearing a sweatshirt or like, I don't know. But then the next morning when we did yoga, I was like, no, it's definitely the elevation. So I like to say I got like elevation training in. So whatever. So then we all went to bed on Friday. Then Saturday we woke up, we made breakfast and we did a 60 minute yoga practice, which let me just say was the fastest 60 minutes of my life. I did yoga yesterday and it was another 60 minute class. And when I say like there was just no way we did 60 minutes on the retreat. Like I know we obviously did, but it felt, I'm not kidding, like five minutes. It was the fastest practice of my life. And it was just so incredible. So we did a 60 minute yoga practice. And then after that, we learned about, um, this practice. Um, it's called Ayurveda. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I think I am though. So we learned about the, practice of Ayurveda slash Ayurvedic practice of life, which essentially is the science of life and how it relates to spirituality and the Eastern practice of medicine. And to sum it up, like it's wellness, like that's a very simple way of putting it. Um, I'm going to leave an article down below from Mind Body Green, and they have a really great way of putting the practice of Ayurveda um, into layman's terms. So think about like the common practices such as practicing yoga, drinking warm lemon water in the morning, oil pulling, intermittent fasting. Those are all practices of the ancient practice of Ayurveda. Um, and it's been very westernized, quote unquote, and normalized in daily society. And I think that's a great thing because it means that like we have been doing these ancient practices in our day-to-day lives now for 5,000 years and we might not even notice it. So we learned a lot about Ayurveda and the practices go that go into that. And we did that on Saturday. And that was like really, really cool to learn about. I could have like learned so much about that. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want to sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. 
It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that I've been able to use it for all of my businesses across uh, the last few years, and it's been really amazing. What I love the most is that I'm able to put down like exactly what it is that I want on Indeed and the candidates that match that get sent right to me. And then the hard part actually becomes narrowing down which ones are the best for me because they all are exactly what I'm looking for. And then it really just comes down to like, which do I vibe with the best? And that's honestly pretty hard to choose from. But Indeed makes it really easy for me to find really good quality candidates that find exactly what I'm looking for instantly. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to Indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In our learnings, though, there were a few quotes from it that I just wanted to quickly discuss and bring up that I thought were really interesting. So the first quote, um, this is what Jen was saying, and she was like, if you guys tell people I said this, I did not say it. It's not an original quote from Jen, Um, but it's, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, not human beings having a spiritual existence slash experience. And I think that is a really cool approach. So I'm going to say that again. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, not human beings having a spiritual experience. That was cool. And that really stuck with me. So I wrote that down. Another thing that I pulled down from Ayurvedic practice was when diet is wrong, medicine is of no use. When diet is right, medicine is of no need. Now, Obviously, there are caveats to that, and it does not apply to all. It is a blanket statement, but I thought it was interesting in terms of the wellness practices that we learned about, and um, we didn't really talk about diet and nutrition, but some of the holistic approach to health, like such as turmeric for anti-inflammatory and ginger, and like what all these, you know, what food can do for our bodies in terms of medicine. I'm just going to move on from that. Um, And then another one that I really liked was Ayurvedic treatments always yield side benefits, not side effects. 
I just thought those were interesting and I wrote them down and I just wanted to share them. So I found this all very interesting and I was really lit up while talking about it, which felt like really amazing to kind of just have like a fire within you. But nonetheless, after learning this, we all went on a walk and then the group went to the sauna, uh, but I actually stayed back and read my book and took a nap and it was like so nice. And then we reconnected and we learned about 10 Ayurvedic practices to do daily, which I actually already found myself doing most of them. And that inspired this episode because I have noticed a huge change in my life since adding in these 10 practices that I'm going to say. Now, let me also preface that the 10 practices aren't necessarily Ayurvedic practices in and of themselves. They are just wellness practices, but I was very surprised at how these 10 practices that I do pretty much daily, if not weekly, have roots to Ayurveda. And that kind of goes back to that whole Mind Body Green article that I'm going to link down below that says that like all these practices that we do and that we see people promote are rooted in ancient practices from 5,000 years ago, which I found very, very cool. So these are just wellness practices, but they have some, some of them have similarities and roots back in the practice of Ayurveda, which I thought was really cool. So anyway, then we learned about um, 10 Ayurvedic practices to do daily. And that was cool just being in that discussion with everyone and kind of talking about what we already do, what we should add on. That was cool. And then from there, we made dinner. We played a game which resulted in a lot of laughter and then we went to bed. And then on Sunday, which was the last day, we, excuse me, we had breakfast and I led a discussion in journaling, which I'm going to make an entire podcast episode about. I have learned through talking to people that many people don't journal simply because they don't know how or they don't know where to start but most of us are already journaling. So I'm going to save this whole topic for another episode to come, but I'm really excited to do a deep dive on how to journal with methods, especially because the manifest planner is a journal. Like in it, it's a journal. And I'll get into that in another episode. So I led that discussion on journaling and then we moved on to chakra cleansing and Reiki. And Jen, our retreat leader, is a Reiki master, and she worked her magic, like for lack of a better term. It was so incredible watching her connect with each of us, and they were like so spot on. Like everything that everyone was going through with their chakra cleansing was wild. Like it was crazy how accurate everything was. So from then, we packed up and drove home. And it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm from Philly, go birds. So it was not the greatest ending to the weekend. Um, but nonetheless, I had an amazing time that sparked a lot of thought, a lot of discussion, and a lot of topics for this podcast, and also gave me a very clear direction of this podcast. And I'm really excited. I also just want to mention that we drank so much tea on this retreat that I'm like full swing back in my tea era. I made a cup of tea for this podcast and I was just saying to my vlog before that having tea is like such a great idea in theory when you're going to be podcasting because it's like warm and it's like, let me just take a sip of my tea. But like I've now been talking for 16 minutes. Like I have not had time to take a sip of my tea yet. You know what I mean? Like it always works better in my brain than like how it actually does. Maybe I should take a sip of my tea. I will when I take an ad break in a minute. But anyway, we drank a lot of tea, um, mostly because I was cold a lot. But also it was just like awesome drinking a lot of tea. But this really got me thinking. Um, the retreat reignited so much in me that I was like, I really want to continue to practice this. So I immediately signed up for a lot more yoga classes and I wanted to continue my practice with yoga and I used to do this a lot more pre-stride and then once like I opened stride, I was very much so like spin, spin, spin and I still am spin, 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 but I want to incorporate yoga back kind of into like my daily workout route, not my daily, my weekly workout routine. And I think with running, it'll be a great way to strength train as well. So, um, I'm, I wanted to sign up immediately for more yoga classes, which I did. And I can also now understand why people go through yoga teacher training, 
even if they never want to teach yoga. Um, I had a couple of friends who went through yoga teacher training and they either ended up never teaching or they always went into it with the intention of, I don't want to teach, I just want to learn. And I'll be honest, I never understood that because it costs a lot of money to go through yoga teacher training and it takes a lot of time. It's a typically like a 200 hour thing, which is a, a lot of time. And so I never really understood it. But after this weekend, I completely understand it. Like just wanting to learn more about the practice of yoga and the philosophy behind it. I completely understand it now. And I definitely see myself one day attending a yoga teacher training probably with the intentions of never teaching a class other than like what you have to do to graduate yoga teacher training. Um, but that was really, really interesting and something that I did not really expect to, to think leaving the retreat. I'm going to take a sip of my tea before I bring on my next point. One second. My tea is like perfect. Let me say the perfect temperature. It's Earl Grey tea with a little bit of agave. Oh my God. So good. Of all of everything that I've talked about so far and what I learned on this retreat, the most profound thing of all, though, was that all of these practices in wellness and spirituality, whether you, like I use the term woo-woo because I just feel like most people know what I mean when I say that, like, oh, like these woo-woo practices. It's not meant to be insulting, so please don't take it that way. But spirituality And all this that we were learning through spirituality practices perfectly aligns with everything that I'm learning each week on the Huberman Lab podcast. And if you guys have been around for a while or this is your first episode of mine that you're listening to, I cannot shut up about Andrew Huberman on the Huberman Lab podcast. Like everything that he talks about changes my life every single week and it's so informative and I really take it to heart, I think because it is backed in science. It's He is a scientist. He is a professor. And everything that he says and does is backed by science. So therefore, I truly believe it. Everything that we were talking about on this retreat tied back to every single concept that Andrew Huberman on Huberman Labs has ever talked about. Every wellness and Ayurvedic practice that I've been doing was because of the science-based tools that I learned on Huberman Labs. Like when we did Reiki and chakra cleaning, the energy that kept coming up for me was yellow and it was joy and it was happiness and it was feeling like really fulfilled in life and really radiant. And even though in the beginning of this episode, I was like, I feel like there's something I'm still missing with my career. That's not to say that I'm not fulfilled because I, I am like, I truly am. I'm very happy where I'm at in my life and I feel really good with where I'm at in my life and I feel very clear with where I'm at in my life. And I felt that all of this was true and what I was, you know, being pulled in Reiki and the chakra cleansing because of the practices that I've been incorporating into my daily life. And it's those practices that I want to share today. So even though to me, they kind of seem like a, I don't even recognize that I do these things anymore. It's because I've just gotten so adjusted to feeling good the majority of the time that these practices are now just second nature to me. And I'm really excited to share them with you guys today. And I hope that you adapt a few of these into your wellness practice. Start with like one or two things and work your way up. And then in no time, it'll become second nature. But I really do want to say that a lot of these practices I've started doing throughout the years and a lot of them I've amped up recently through Huberman Labs podcast. And then this past weekend when we were learning about Ayurveda and the practices that go into it, I was like, oh my God, I've been doing all of these, most of them I should say, because of Huberman Lab. So I believe the term Ayurveda is the science of life and that would make perfect sense because everything on Huberman Labs is based and rooted in science. 
So it was like a really cool connection and light bulb moment for me to be like, hmm, this stuff, like, it's not just like woo-woo, you know, it actually has purpose behind it. And trust me, I believe in all the woo-woo stuff, all the, I live for it. I love it. It calms me. It makes me feel like I'm part of a greater purpose. I love it. But also having like the validation that there are science-backed evidence to support all this that I've learned through Huberman Labs is really cool. Okay, so let's get into the 10 wellness practices that have changed my life for the better. The first one is yoga. Now, the reason that I bring up yoga is because... um. How do I want to phrase this? A couple months ago at Stride, which is my studio, we had a meditation workshop and it was led by one of our yoga instructors, Monica, and she was talking about the different ways of meditation. And one of the methods of meditation was yoga. And I don't know why up until this workshop, I never put two and two together that yoga is simply the practice of breathing and movement combined. I mean, of course, there's like, I'm sure if I went through the yoga teacher training, I would know much more about this. However, if you go to a yoga class, they are going to make you move your body and they're going to constantly focus on the breath. You move in accordance with your inhales and your exhales, and that's how the entire practice is. That's how the entire class goes. It's the practice of breathing and doing movements along with your breath. And the practice of breathing in and of itself is a meditation. So that was a really cool moment when I like connected those two dots, thanks to Monica in the meditation workshop. But yoga has always really ignited me from the inside and made me feel really good, really whole, really strong and very grounded. And now looking back, I think it's because of the breathing, but also the community. I always really like the people that are in yoga classes because I feel like all of them are like-minded people to me. Meaning we all believe in wellness. We all believe to some extent in spirituality. We all believe that this practice is more than just an exercise. And I really like that mentality. So yoga has always been something that has been rooted in wellness to me. And I go in phases of loving it and doing it weekly and then kind of falling off of the bandwagon of it and not doing it so much. But I always find myself easily able to come back to my mat and find practice in yoga and feel like I haven't missed a beat. Um, And I also really like that yoga is a practice for any level that you're at, meaning there are moments during class when you can go advanced and do all these crazy inversions that I can't do maybe one day, but you could also just go back in child's pose or lay on your mat. Like you don't have to follow the guidance of the instructor and you can just show up as you are that day. And I really like that message in yoga. And I tried to bring that a lot into my spin classes, like that kind of mentality of like what I'm showing you guys on stage or the tempo that I'm setting based on my music and what I'm saying on the mic is just a recommendation. If it doesn't serve your body today, don't do it. Find the saddle whenever you need, drop the choreo whenever you need. Like I love that mindset and I'm trying to bring that off the mat and into other areas of my life. For example, let's relate this to like a non-workout This weekend, I'm going down to the beach for this really fun weekend. It's called Polar Bear Plunge and it's in Sea Isle and it's so fun and everyone like all the bars open back up, all the restaurants open up because it's a, it's a summer town. So, um, it's closed typically in the winter, like the bars, restaurants, all the businesses, like mine's closed and stuff like that. Um, but they tend to all open back up for this one weekend and then, you know, bars are open, everyone goes out, it's a lot of fun. And then they have a polar plunge. And it's when everyone runs into the ocean and it's freezing and it's cold. It's like the ultimate cold plunge. And then you come back and, you know, it's a fun weekend. So this weekend when I'm going down, I don't really like want to be going out to the bars. Like I would just so much rather have everyone just like, I'm hosting a lot of friends this weekend. So I'm really excited, but I'd rather just have everyone like stay at the house and like we all just like 
hang out and like have fun with one another at the house and like have like a little house party. You know what I mean? Kind of adapting that mentality of like, okay, just because everyone else is going to be going to the bars doesn't mean we have to be, especially if that doesn't serve me in that one day. So kind of just taking that practice with me everywhere. I love that mentality and wellness. So yoga is number one. Number two is dimming the lights and bright lights. So let's start with bright lights. So first thing in the morning, um, the first thing that I do when I wake up is I turn on as many lights as I possibly can. I have the Philips Hue lights, which I really love. Um, you don't need to get them. They are definitely an investment for a freaking light bulb. Like I'll tell you what, it's like a scam for how much a light bulb is, but they do really cool things. Um, so I try to have all of my lights as automated as possible. So I don't really have to think about it. So I will set my lights to be like my quote unquote alarm clock. Um, so I will have my lights sync with the sunrise and as soon as it starts getting light outside my room will start getting light and it goes in the colors of a sunrise and then by the time it's like time for me to wake up my room is fully bright and fully lit now if you don't have Philips Hue lights like that I know there's alarm clocks that do something similar to that you can get the hatch alarm clock I know there's also I have like a $20 one from Amazon that pretty much does the same thing as hatch and it's way cheaper um And you can get those to also sync to sunrises. But even if you don't have anything fancy, which trust me, you don't need, when you wake up, just turn on the lamp right next to your bed or go over and just flick on your overhead lights. I remember posting a vlog in 2019 when I was like in my hustle culture era and I was like waking up at 4 a.m. And I'm like, this is how I wake up at 4 a.m. And one of my first tips was turn on the light. And it just helps you. Um, Andrew Huberman can tell you the scientific reason as to why it produces a spike in cortisol. That much I do know. And when I first heard cortisol, I used to always think that it was a bad thing. And that like, why would I want cortisol? Like, I do not want cortisol. Um, But it's actually a good thing if it's spiked correctly. And if we can control it, which that's what I try to do these days is control my cortisol. So turning on the lights first thing when you wake up will spike your cortisol positively and it will make you more awake and more alert and less likely to fall back to bed. So I do that in the morning, have it simulated to a sunrise and then as bright as possible. And then when I head downstairs, I all I have um, all the lights like synced on my phone. So I'll turn them all on before I go downstairs and I try to keep as many lights on throughout the day as possible. Um, I'm not always perfect with this and there are some days like today, for example, it's about to rain and my house is kind of moody. I will say it's making me tired, so that's not good, but I do try to keep my lights on as much as possible throughout the day. Nice and bright. I open up all of my blinds. In the morning, I get in as much light as possible. Then in the evening, dimming lights. So if I'm home for the whole night and I'm not going anywhere, I will start dimming my lights when the sun goes down. So I know in like December, January, it's like 4 p.m. Like my lights start to slightly dim. Obviously, I don't cook like dinner in the dark, but I do try to be mindful of how bright my lights are past 7 p.m. So once it hits like 7 on the Philips Hue, there's this one feature called Relax And that is like my favorite setting ever. And now I kind of associate it with like bedtime. So whenever I put on my relax lights, I just get like instantly calmer. It's like this beautiful orange golden hour tone of lighting and it's just like brilliant. So I really love dimming my lights at nighttime around like definitely start dimming them by 7 p.m., but I really do try to go with the sunset. So obviously in the summer, that's a little bit later. And in the winter, it's much earlier. And look, not every day is perfect. There are some nights that I get home late from stride and I need to cook dinner late or I don't know, like things just happen where I can't always have my lights dim 
by 7, 8, 9 p.m. But I try my best. Like 80% of the time, I'm having my lights dimmed at night. And it really helps, again, control that cortisol release and just get me prepared for bed. The third wellness practice that has changed my life is sunlight viewing. Now, this is like Andrew Huberman's claim to fame, I swear. So sunlight viewing is so incredible and it's something that I didn't even like really think about. In the summer, it's easy for me to do this and I find that I naturally do it in the summer and it kind of makes a lot of sense now that in the summer I have much more energy all day long. I don't really feel an afternoon crash and I feel that I sleep really, really good in the summertime. And all of that, I'm sure there's a ton of reasons why, but it those side effects, or should I go up to the quote where it says side benefits, those benefits all relate directly back to sunlight viewing. If you want to know more about this, listen to literally any episode of Andrew Huberman's podcast and he will talk about the benefits of sunlight viewing. Like this is the hill that this man will die on. But I try to do this as often as I can. On days that I go for runs, it's much easier because I'm running outside and that's my sunlight viewing. But on days that I'm not, I will just go outside in the morning anywhere from like five to 20 minutes and I just sit outside. I don't stare directly at the sun. I make sure that it's light enough outside. Um, He says by like 10 a.m., you want to do it before 10 a.m., but the early morning sunlight viewing is best when the sun is still pretty low in the sky. For me, I'm typically waking up around 7 a.m. these days. So if I get outside by like 7.30, 8 o'clock, that's typically when I go out and view the sunlight. And I'll just sit on my porch. I'll bring a blanket. I bundle up. And sometimes I'll bring my phone. Sometimes I'll read. Sometimes I'll journal. Sometimes I will just sit. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast. It really depends. If I want to be productive, I'll go for a walk while I do this. Or like I said, going for a run while I do this is really nice. Maybe I'll call a friend. Probably not though because it's like 8 a.m. in the morning. And I typically don't want to talk to people at 8 in the morning yet. But I definitely try and get outside and view sunlight first thing every morning. I'm not saying like I open my eyes and I'm like, gotta go view sunlight. Like I'll journal when I first wake up and then I'll kind of mosey downstairs and eventually make my way downstairs and then outside to go view the sunlight. So within the first hour of me waking up, I will go outside for anywhere from five to 20 minutes, even on overcast days. But this really has improved, I feel, my sleep, my quality of life. I love just feeling the sun on my skin in the morning. And getting the sunlight into your eyes is also really good for you. Andrew Huberman will explain that much better than I can. Um, But I find that I sleep much better at night. I get much more tired at night when it's time for bed. And I'm able to fall asleep a lot faster. I recently got an aura ring. And my latency, which is how long it takes you to fall asleep, is always in red. Because I hit my pillow and I'm out cold. Like I go right to bed and my aura ring's like, it's a sign of being overly tired. Maybe Or maybe it's because I view sunlight aura. Did you ever think of that? Like maybe it's because I'm just really good at my circadian rhythm. I don't think they thought about that one. But nonetheless, sunlight viewing has been incredible to my health. And I see why he talks about it all the time. Like it makes sense. Number four, not drinking coffee. Okay. This one is kind of new for me and it's not something I do every day, but I will say the majority of my days, I don't drink coffee. And I feel like when I was doing Vlogmas, you guys saw that I was making a lot of coffee and that's true. I was in a season of my life where I was consuming a lot of coffee and I go in phases of my life like that where I'm all about coffee and then I'm like really not about it and then I'm all in and then I'm all out. On average, I will have coffee like two times a week, I'd say is like a pretty good average. And then there are seasons of my life where I'll consume it every single day for like a month. And then like I won't for like six months. And that's just 
the phase I'm in right now is where I'm like not consuming it. This weekend, there's a coffee shop that I love down in Sea Isle. I'm sure I'll go get a cup of coffee. Friday mornings, I like to have a cup of coffee before I teach a spin class just to get a little bit more energetic. There's definitely a time and a place for my coffee, but like this whole week, I haven't had a cup of coffee yet. And I just feel so much better without the coffee jitters. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I love the coffee jitters. I love the taste of coffee. I will have decaf coffee because I like the taste of it. But overall, I do just find that when I'm not drinking coffee, I feel overall better. Also goes to say that I'm not drinking alcohol right now. And I actually, my next podcast episode is going to be an update on not drinking alcohol because it's been six months since I've had a drink of alcohol. So that is crazy. So my next podcast episode will be six months of no alcohol, what I've like learned, what I think while I keep doing it, things like that. Um, But I do think the two kind of go hand in hand, but I feel a lot better when I don't drink coffee just overall. If you do want to drink coffee, um, try to not drink it for the first 90 minutes of waking. And if you can, have something in your stomach before you drink coffee. I always find, at least through personal experience, that I feel much better when I drink coffee not on an empty stomach and not when I first wake up. Like I need to have water first and kind of just let myself wake up before I just hit the caffeine straight away. So number four is not drinking coffee or delaying my caffeine intake to 90 minutes after waking. Also thanks to Andrew Huberman on that one. Okay, the fifth wellness practice that has changed my life is waking up and going to bed at the same time every day. Now, when I say same time, I'm saying within like an hour range of one another. I will typically go to bed anywhere from 10 p.m., meaning 10 p.m., like 9 to 10 p.m. or 10 to 11 p.m. So I guess within like the 9 to 11 p.m. hour range, but typically 10 p.m. is like my um, average of when I go to bed. Like last night, I literally went to bed at nine. I was exhausted. And then the night before I went to bed at like 11. So it kind of varies in that window, but 10 PM seems to be the average, even on the weekends, because I live five days going to bed at 10 PM. I can't like change for two days. Like my body just doesn't work like that. Like I'm just used to it. When it comes to waking up, I feel like I'm really good at 7 a.m. Like I'll typically wake up naturally like right before 7 a.m. And that feels really nice. So waking up and going to bed at the same time every day has just gotten my body on a really natural rhythm with itself and one that makes me feel really good. And like my body kind of, it's got it on cruise control. Like it's just one less thing that I have to worry about. I know that once 9 p.m. hits, I'm really winding down and like going to bed. And then when 7 a.m. hits, I typically feel really rested. And it's not something that I dread waking up at 7 a.m. for. It just feels really nice, really natural. And my circadian rhythm, my body's sleep cycle has really synced with itself. And I, I just feel so much better. I even find that if I let myself sleep in, past seven, like let's say like today, for example, I'm home all day. My whole work day is really centered around this podcast and I could move this to later in the day, early in the day, whatever it might be. But even if I were to wake up today at like 10 a.m. instead of 7 a.m., I would feel like my whole day is thrown off even though I got more sleep. So for me, it's more worth it to stick to the same bedtime and wake up time than it is to take advantage of quote unquote more sleep just because I can. You know, like I could sleep 12 hours, but I don't always feel more rested when I do. Does that make sense? I find that I'm really good with like a good seven to eight hours. And my aura ring also tells me that like I'm a really good sleeper, but like I didn't really need the ring to tell me that. Like I feel like I know I'm a good sleeper, but like I really am not to brag, but like I'm really good at it. Okay. Number six, Applying lotion to my body. Now, this is a wellness practice that might not even feel like a wellness practice, 
But once I get out of the shower and apply lotion on my body, my hands, my feet, my arms, my neck, my stomach, it's really just such an act of love. And it's so nourishing to the body. You can use coconut oil. You can use your favorite um, lotion. I'm currently using like this Vaseline cocoa butter and it's so nice. You can use oils. It just feels so nourishing and it's kind of just like a big hug with lotion. I used to not do this. I'm talking like, I've been doing it for a long time now. Like definitely in high school, I did not put lotion on after I always showered. And then I think when I was like 18, I was like, I should probably start doing this. So I just started putting lotion on like all the time after my showers. And now it's like something that if I don't put lotion on after I showers, I feel like a snake. Like I feel like my skin is like so gross and like, like I just can't stand. It just feels so like scaly and dry. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like disgusting. So putting on lotion not only is very nourishing to the body, but I feel like it's so nourishing to the soul. It's just such an act of self-love and like truly like massaging lotion into your skin after a shower, which is another act of self-love, is just so kind to yourself. And it only takes two to three minutes. And it's just such a great moment to nourish yourself. I feel like that's like the only way to put it. And there's not much more to say on this other than the practice of putting on lotion after a shower is so nourishing. And I love it. It's one of my favorite wellness practices. All right. What are we on? Number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Number seven is journaling. Again, I'm going to do a whole episode on this. I do already have a couple episodes up on how to journal, which you guys can go listen to. But journaling is incredible. Journaling, there are so many ways to journal, and I'm going to talk about that in the dedicated episode. But journaling is a way to empty your mind of your thoughts, to put what to put whatever you're thinking in your mind onto a piece of paper, into an email, onto a to-do list, into a text message, into a letter to yourself. These intangible things, thoughts in our brains that we can't see, as soon as we write them down on a piece of paper, now we can suddenly see what we are thinking. And just being able to see it and work through it on paper and visualize it is so powerful. This morning, for example, I woke up with so much like clutter in my mind. And as soon as I journaled about it, I got so much clarity. Not only clarity, but so much potential and excitement. And I really felt like I couldn't have reached that without journaling about it. It was just a way for me to process my thoughts and get them in front of me to a way that makes sense to me. Journaling isn't always like that. And for most of my days, it's not like that. I'd say there's like once a week where I'm like, I I will wake up with a brain full of things and I'm like, I need to really get this out on paper. And those days are always some of my favorite days. But most of the time I wake up really not thinking too much or having like too much on my mind other than like the basic, you know, morning thoughts, but nothing like super crazy. And then my journalings will consist of acts of gratitude, things I'm manifesting, people I'm sending love to, a goal for the day, and then daily reflection at the end of the day or about the day prior if I didn't do it at night. That's typically what most of my journaling is like, but the act of journaling and the act of just emptying the brain onto paper is so powerful. And I am constantly journaling all day throughout the day. Just writing notes on my notes app is a form of journaling. Like on my run today, I just had like these thoughts keep coming up and I'm like, look, I don't have like the time right now to address these thoughts because I'm on a run, but I don't want to forget them. So I'll just write them down in my phone and revisit them later. 
I will absolutely touch on this in a whole other episode, but just know that the practice of journaling has completely changed my life and has opened up my eyes and my brain to such potential of myself that I did not even know was possible and would not know was possible had it not be for journaling. So I'm really excited for this episode about journaling coming very soon. But I do have others if you guys want to listen in the meantime. Okay, number eight, dental hygiene. Yes, such as tongue scraping and oil pulling. I'm not just talking about brushing your teeth, which everyone should be doing at least twice a day. My most humbling moment of life was when my dentist sent me home early from the dentist in the middle of my appointment because my gums were bleeding too much. And she was like, you don't know how to brush your teeth. I'm going to teach you how to brush your teeth. That was very humbling. Um, And I still brush my teeth the same way. I think I do know how to brush my teeth being 24 years old. Anyway, dental hygiene, such as tongue scraping and oil pulling. So tongue scraping, this is something new that I just learned. Um, I've obviously known about tongue scraping, but I never knew like how important it was. So I learned about this on the retreat. <laughs> Wait, this is actually so funny. So I learned about this on the retreat. And then I went out on Monday when I got home and I bought a tongue scraper. And I had it on the counter when I got home. And my boyfriend comes home from work and he's like, oh my God, a tongue scraper. I've always wanted to try one. Like, I'm so excited. I'm like, we're not sharing this. Like, we share a lot of things, but I draw the line at tongue scraper. Like, we are not sharing this tongue scraper. So then for Valentine's Day, I bought him a tongue scraper. Isn't that funny? So anyway, we learned um, about tongue scraping on our retreat. And I've recently incorporated that into my morning routine when brushing my teeth. And it feels great. I mean, I've only been doing it three days now. So I can't really say this is a wellness practice that has changed my life. But I did want to mention it. But I will say that oil pulling has absolutely changed my life. I do not oil pull every day. I find that my teeth are kind of sensitive if I do it every day. So I will oil pull when I'm in the shower. So you're like in a perfect world supposed to do it on an empty stomach when you, I think before you brush your teeth, but that's not always the case for me. Like I'll typically tongue scrape, brush my teeth. And then if I jump in the shower, I'll oil pull in the shower. A lot of people don't like the feeling of oil pulling because what it is, it's coconut oil that you put in your mouth and in your mouth, it will melt. So a lot of times people do not like the texture before it melts. And listen, I understand it is a very weird feeling. It's like you want to chew it, but you can't. And it's just like a, a glob in your mouth. Like I understand it's very weird, but it only lasts like five, 10 seconds like that. And then it like melts in your mouth and then you can just swish it around and you typically swish it for like 15 to 20 minutes and you spit it out in the trash. You don't put it down your drain, put it in the trash. It will clog your drain. So yeah, you just swish it around for 10 to 15 minutes. It sounds like a lot, but honestly, if you shower and then just put lotion on, do your skincare and change and then spit it out. Like that's 15 minutes right there at least. So it's not as long as you think. And you can also build up to it. There are tons of benefits to oil pulling that um, I'll let you look into if you are so inclined. But the biggest thing that I notice with oil pulling is my teeth get so much whiter. It's like crazy how white they get. Like whiter than any white strip could ever get my teeth ever. So oil pulling is really great for your teeth and your gums specifically. I do know that it's really good for bacteria in your mouth. There's tons of good benefits about it. I just honestly don't know them all off the top of my head, but it is a wellness practice that I really enjoy. And I do it like two to three times a week. Like I said, if I, I try to do it every day for a while and it hurt my teeth after a while, like my teeth would just get too sensitive, but they also get too sensitive when I like overly whiten them. So it would kind of make sense that the way that they make my teeth really white would make them be sensitive. Anyway, try it out. Number nine is breathing practices and meditation. So meditation is something that I talk about a lot, which is also why I'm really grateful that Calm is a sponsor of this show because I literally use Calm every day. Like you guys don't even know, like I'm obsessed. Um, so I use Calm very frequently, but just beyond meditation, because 
there are more days than not where when I meditate, I'm like, I don't think I'm doing this right. Like I know that meditation is not perfect, but I also just feel so like I, there have to be better ways of meditating or getting the benefits of it. Um, it's taken me a long time to get to a place where I feel like I'm quote unquote good at it and understand it, but it's still difficult to do every single day. But what I can do every single day is make sure that I have time to breathe. So when I go to bed at night, taking a nice deep breath is such an awesome feeling. Um, in the shower, deep breathing in the sauna, which we'll talk about in a minute, such a great time to meditate. First thing in the morning, if you have a lot on your mind, I like to meditate. After a really good journaling session, following up with the meditation is like amazing. Also on the retreat, um, they taught me this one breathing practice and I know there's a name to it. I just don't know the name to it. So, um, and I don't even know what to Google to find the name of it. Maybe I should try to Google it. Breathing practice where you cover your right nostril with your thumb. Let's see. Alternate nostril breathing. Okay, it was literally that easy, Tori. Okay, so how you do this is you take your pointer finger and your middle finger and you put them in between your eyebrows. I'm showing this on the video if you guys want to watch. You put them in between your eyebrows and then you take your right thumb I'm using my right hand, by the way. You take your right thumb and you um, conceal or close your nostril on your right side so that you breathe in only with your left nostril. So if I were to do it, it would be like, sorry, my nose is like a little like stuffy right now. That's the thing. Like, I don't even know my nose is stuffy until I do this exercise. I'm like, God, I sound like like a snotty little first grader with like a nose full of like boogers. It's disgusting. But anyway, you plug your nose with your right side with your fingers in between your eyebrows. You breathe in on your left and then you close, shut your left and release your right nostril. But you close your left nostril with your ring finger, release your right nostril and then breathe out through your right. Then you breathe in through your right, release the left with your ring finger and then plug the right with your nose and then breathe out. And then you just continue this like wave of breathing. It's a really great way to de-stress because you can literally only think about this. Like it's very hard to think about anything else when you have this kind of breathing practice to do right in front of you. So I really liked learning about this one. I've done it pretty much every night since I have learned about it. So this breathing technique, I really enjoy. WebMD told me that it's called alternate nostril breathing. So if that's not right, or if there is a Western name that I don't know about, please let me know. I would be very curious to know what it is. So breathing practices, meditation, just recentering back with the breath as kind of ties back into yoga is just another really great way of practicing wellness in your daily life. Finally, number 10, my last one. And not to pick favorites, but my favorite, the sauna. I love a sauna. It's like my lifeline. I could live in a sauna. I love saunas. When I'm in a sauna, like I feel like I'm levitating. Like I really feel like I am the best version of myself in that sauna. If I put my legs up on the wall in a sauna, oh my God, I'm like way better than anyone in the world. <laughs> if I meditate in the sauna, journaling in the sauna, I just love being in the sauna. I really want to get one for my house and they're just expensive, which is why I haven't yet, but I really want to get one for my house. If I did get a sauna for my house, I would literally record my podcast episodes in the sauna. Like that's how much I love saunas. But the benefits that I get from saunas, just the sweating of it, how you just have to surrender to the heat in a sauna, sauna is such a humbling experience. 
And I love to sweat. I feel really good after I sweat. I feel like I just went through a vigorous workout when I step out of the sauna. I just really, really love it. And it's one of my favorite wellness practices. And I will typically go to a gym lifetime that has a sauna. And that's like the whole reason I belong there just because of their sauna. Um, there's another place, the restore wellness there. There's so many places like all across the country that have restore and they offer sauna sessions, but I actually find that a lifetime membership is still cheaper than a sauna session with like how many, how like the frequency that I would go and stuff. So it makes more sense for me to literally join a gym just for the sauna. Maybe I should put saunas in stride. Then that would like really fix all my problems. Don't you think? And then I could do it as business right off. Hmm. Jess, if you're listening, we might be onto something here. Anyway, um, so yeah, I love sauning. I just feel incredible when I sauna and it's truly one of the wellness practices that just make me feel so humbled and so grounded and so centered with myself. There's something about the heat that I just love. Maybe that's why I love the summer so much, but I just love, 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 love sitting in a sauna. It's the best. So those are the 10 wellness practices that have absolutely changed my life. And then just quickly three things that I want to begin to add into my life, one of which is bathing. I have not bathed in a very long time. I typically just shower, but I just purchased Epsom salt for baths and I'm really excited to begin that. The second thing is dry brushing. I've been seeing it float around social media for years now um, and I've never purchased a dry brush, but it's something that I definitely want to begin incorporating. So I'll keep you guys updated on that. And the third is drinking room temperature water. I'm like an ice queen when it comes to waters. All I want to do is drink cold water. My water to ice ratio is mostly ice with a splash of water. So I'm just going to slowly pull back on the ice and maybe one day get to just room temp water. But we'll see about this one, but I do want to try it out. So guys, those are my 10 wellness practices that have changed my life and a little bit about Ayurvedic practice and um, my retreat this weekend and just kind of all things wellness. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode today and found value in it. If you did, please rate the podcast five stars wherever you guys are listening. It helps so much grow the show. And if you guys could share it on your story, share it with a friend, it helps so, so, so much. And I would really appreciate it. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your Monday. Happy Manifest Monday. I will have everything linked down below, such as the article for the Mind Body Green that I was talking about for the practices of Ayurveda, um, the Manifest Planner, which is all rooted in wellness, and so much more um, will all be linked down below. Have a wonderful Monday, guys. Happy Manifest Monday, and I'll talk to you guys next week.